0: One of the girls must be Zach. you been playing the guitar? Yeah, I thought so. Amen. Come on. going to. Sister Alicia, she's kind of got on to me a little bit about not singing, so I'm going to.
1: Yeah.
0: So. And and Brother Donnie, but I'm so I'm gonna try one tonight. I hadn't sang this song in a long time, so F. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do I go when there's no one else to turn to? Who do I talk to when no one wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock cause I know that he's able. I go to the rock. Yes, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. The earth all around me is singing sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. And where do I go? Till the storms have all passed over, and who do I run to? When the winds of sorrow threaten, Is there a refuge in the time of tribulation? When my soul needs a consolation, I go to the rock. Yes, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. The earth all sinking sand On Christ the solid rock I stand When I need shelter When I need a friend I go to the rock Yes, I go to the rock Of my salvation I go to the stone That the builders rejected I run to the mountain And the mountain stands by me The earth all around me is sinking sand On Christ the solid rock I stand When I need shelter, when I need a friend I go to the rock
0: Amen. I didn't know if I'd still remember how to play that. I don't think I've played it in decades, but it's good. It's good to know we have a place to run to in time of tribulation and sorrow, and when we don't know where to go, we go to the Rock. Amen. Well, God bless you tonight. Um, if you have your Bibles, I stand. We'll look into the scripture tonight. And uh, y'all just pray for me. We're going to read from a couple of places tonight. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and then we'll go First 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And uh, they've already got it up there. So we're going to read. And uh, a little thought have been been looking at so just help of the Lord well maybe hear what the Lord has to say for us tonight amen I mean, let's just all bow our heads dear heavenly father we thank you for this day Lord we thank you for all your blessings on us and Lord what you've done for us Lord that we're able to Lord walk in this world it's so dreary and Lord it is so dark Lord but there's great light Lord wherever you are Lord And, Lord, we're just so thankful for the light of your word, Lord, that we can see our way. Lord, that you lead us and guide us in all things. And, Father, we just pray tonight you just come help us tonight. Lord, you just take the words that we say. Lord, just anoint us to speak and to hear, Lord. And you just have your way with us this evening. we just pray for each one that has a need. Lord, you know what's on each heart, what's in each life, Lord. And, Lord, we just commit ourselves to you. We just pray that. You bless the bride around the world, Lord. There's many that are sick and afflicted, Lord. And we just pray that you just keep your hand upon them, touch them, anoint them. Lord, you said you sent your word and you healed them and you delivered them from destruction. And, Lord, we believe that. And we we agree with our brothers and sisters, Lord, that are in a battle, Lord, that are, need a touch from you, Lord. And we just believe, Lord, that you'll go and touch them tonight, Lord. Lord, that the enemy has to back up because he doesn't have a, a place to stand, Lord. And we call for it. And we just commit ourselves to you tonight. We thank you for it. All things in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. First second Corinthians chapter five. Very familiar scriptures. Says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven if so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked for we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened not for that which for that we would be unclothed but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life now he that hath wrought us for the same selfsame thing is god who also hath given unto us the earnest of the spirit, therefore we also we are also confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. and they, they didn't put that up there. I'm sorry, I forgot that. I was just I got to reading and wasn't paying attention. I know I only had one one through four up there. Let's go to First Corinthians. Very familiar scripture. Verse thirteen says, But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning which them are concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord And then Romans 8:28 very familiar says, "For we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen, you may be seated. And there's many things that are <clears throat> I was kind of continuing on from what we've been we were talking about earlier. And to know, you know, Paul talks about to know, for we know, and we know. And he also says it's important that I'd have you would not have you ignorant, brethren, of these things. And we know Paul talks about different places in the scripture, and uh, just want to look at a few things tonight. But you know, there's there's many things that we can look at in the in the scripture from from the this uh, reading. And you know, there's there's many things that people uh, look at, and you know, when we look at these scriptures here, you know, we know from the beginning, you know, God had a had a plan and a purpose, and you know, God God made man in His own image, and in His likeness, and you know, He had a he had a plan and a purpose that He wanted man to fulfill, and. You know, the, the, you know, the way God created man, he put man on free moral agency. And we know how God allowed man to do his own thing and do his own, go his own way, because that was part of God's plan for God to manifest all of his attributes. Because if, you know, if nobody was ever sick, he couldn't be a healer. And if nobody ever got lost, he couldn't, he couldn't be a savior. But we know how God had all these attributes that he wanted to be displayed. And, you know, he set it up. Not that, you know, many people, when you talk to them and and you try to explain the the plan and the purpose of God, you know, it's either, well, God doesn't know anything or he knows so much, but he doesn't know everything. But, you know, because people say, well, the Lord knows all things. They're like, well, do you really believe that? Because when you begin to express things, because let me ask you a question about foreknowledge and predestination. And then all of a sudden you get this pushback. It's like, well, now, did God know everything or he didn't know everything? Either he knew what he was doing ahead of time and he knew what you were going to do before you done it, before he created the world. When he was Elohim, when he was self-existing, when he was by himself, he knew what was going to take place. Or he didn't. Then he would know that he's not forcing any one of us through a tube. He's not dragging us, kicking and screaming. But he knew that if the word passed our way, we'd receive it. He made the word available to us. So then God's not a respecter of person. So, the scripture is true, where He said that God was willing that none should perish, but that all might come to repentance, so he 've made the way for everybody to come. The problem is is people won 't accept it you know many times when people people begin to look in the in the book of, of Genesis when it talks about Cain and Abel, and you know many people stumble at even people in this message they stumble at that, and it 's like it's to me it 's a, a very simple concept of, of the scripture God told uh, Cain what to do he come by his own way he come by his own thought by his by his intellectual thinking he's like well this is what God would like but that's not what God required that's not God's plan it required blood there had to be blood because it was blood that caused the fall it had to be blood to take it back So there had to be, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So there had to be blood that was shed. And by revelation, Abel knew what sacrifice to offer. But Cain didn't have that. But Cain had the way presented to him. The way was made for him. Because God told him, said, listen, if you will do as your brother, you don't even have to know what to, how, Understand all this. Just do as your brother. Well, because, see, the, the problem that Cain had, Cain could not walk by faith. Because that's what it required. It's not understanding, it's by faith. I'm going to take God at his word. That's what faith is, taking God at his word and doing what he said. And so when Cain, went, he did not take God at his word. And so he was like, no, I'm not going to do, because I've made my choice, made my decision. This is what I'm going to do. And God said, listen, he said, either, either you follow this or sin lies at the door. And that was your choice, and he made it. And every person, every one of us here throughout the whole world, we've all had that choice. Somewhere along the way, God has made the, cho- has made the opportunity, we make our choice. Whether, whether we've heard the gospel once or we've heard it 10,000 times, we make our choice. And that's what, to, mu- to those who have been given little, little is required. But to those who have been given much, much is required. So each one of us have to make our decision. And we all have to go by the things that that we do. And we have to pay the consequences of it. But God, it, but God is gracious. And when we do make a mistake, there is a blood atonement. To cover our sins, and we can always go to the blood. There's always a way made, but we have to take that uh, atonement. We can because He doesn't force that on us. That's our that's our choice. And just, you know, it's so gracious to think of of, our, of how God is with us that He has made a way for us, and we have to receive this. It's it's a wonderful thing, but the world. It's not. There's many people that will not accept it, but that's that's their that's their loss. That's the condition of the world is in. But you know, God God made man to to fulfill His plan, and and you know the fall took place, and and God made a way for them to come back in to fellowship. There was a way made, and, and you know, and he was wanting to bring him back into fellowship, and you know, to express his attributes, and you know, there was a way made that we can come back from where we came from. If we came from God, we have a purpose. Brother Brown said, "Where every part of the creation of God is here to fulfill their purpose. Everybody that was created, all things were created that was created for a purpose." And so everything has to fulfill its purpose. And Brother Branham said, he said, for every, every part of the creation of God that fulfills its purpose, he said, it lives again. Because he said, when you see that when Job was speaking of the tree, he said, when you see the tree and it blossoms and, and the leaves and all these things, but then it comes and the, and the leaves fall off and, and the life leaves. And everything looks so dead and dried up. But he saw the life return. The life came back on display. Why? Because it fulfilled its purpose. Through the through the spring, through the summer, through the fall, but there was another spring coming. And when he saw when Job saw man, he's like, Man gives up the ghost and he goes in the ground, but will man live again? But you know, God began to speak to Job and tell him and show him and give him a revelation. So as as we know here in the scripture that God had had man and he give him a way back to right. to him back to the place where he came from. That's, right. that's and that's that's our opportunity today the same thing. If we come from God, we're going back to God. Amen. There's a way made for us to go back.
1: Right.
0: And you know the scripture says that you know Man was put down here on the earth, and you know we, we ju- we're just here for a short period of time, and you know we realize that as as I believe it was Brother Dutch, you know speaking of, you know we're only we're just spiritual beings here for in a human experience, a human time here, but then we're going back to where we came from. You know we're we're just here for this portion of time, but we got to go back. And we've got to make that decision of which way we want to go because if we're a part of God, then we go back to God. And I think God, he's made the way. But, you know, so when he made this way that we're only here for a period of time and then, and then time is over with. And, you know, we're only here for this period of time that, that while we're here, we, we are to prepare ourselves because this is just the window dressing. This is just the rehearsal. It's just going to soon pass away. But, you know, because we, we can get so tied down to the world and, and the things that we have to deal with day to day and not realize there's a greater thing waiting on us than this. You know, many times we, we, just, see, we just see these three dimensions and we're bound by these three dimensions. And, and many times we fail to see the greater things that are coming. You know, because, you know, that's I, I what I, I'm waiting on. I'm looking forward because there's coming a day when, when all this will pass away. And you know we don't know we don't know when our time's going to be up, but we're promised that our time's going to be up. You know we we, you know there's there's no uh, expiration date stepped on anybody's foot, so you don't know, but God knows. God knows when our time will be up and it'll be. And, you know, God and and his infinite wisdom, not not for us to figure these things out. We just know it's a fact that, you know, as Brother Branham said, he said, if we if we live through the night, we'll outlive many 16 year olds. We'll outlive many babies. We don't know if we're going to wake up in the morning. We not. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the rest of the night. But now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to prepare, to get ready. Amen. And now is the time for us to make sure that we are ready to go because everything else is, is, is insignificant because all this will pass away. But there's only one thing because what, what part of God, the Word of God, what you take of the Word, what the, having the life of God inside of you, that's the only thing that counts. What is eternal is the only thing that's important. The rest of it will pass away. So, you know, as, as we begin to look here in the Scripture, and, you know, when we see that God made a way, and, and, and so when God made, this, made a way for us to come, that, that God can take up residence in us, that so we come alienated from the life of God, lost, doomed, on our way to hell, but He made a way for us to come back, and not just a way, but He came to live inside of us. He come to take up residence inside of us. He come to live inside of us that we, that we, uh, it's not us living anymore. It's no longer Aaron Roberts living, but it's Christ living in me. That's what Paul said. And, and so it's not, as Paul said, it's no longer I that live now. And it's, and it's just to be our testimony. Each one of us should have that same testimony. It's no longer that, that, that it's me, but it's Christ living in me. And you know when we see the things, the the pressures and the problems that come to us, but you know when God come to take to come up, take up residence in us, to live in us, then God wants to display Himself that we fulfill His portion, His plan for our lives is to make sure that we the world gets to see who who God is, because the, you know the, the you know you can argue you can argue. Theology and many things like that, but you can't argue with a life. And you know, and so when when the when the things come our way and we have problems and 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 issues and things, you know, when when these things come, when we realize when these things take place, that God has has a plan for us, a purpose, and He wants to make us known. You know, if if you. I was listening to a man the other day, and, and he was talking about... He said, you know, if you, if you take if you take an orange and you squeeze that orange, he said, what do you get? What do you, what do you get when you squeeze an orange? Orange juice. orange juice. You know what? None of y'all said juice. You said orange juice. Why? Because when you squeeze an orange, you don't get anything else but orange juice. And brothers and sisters, when God is on the inside, when God is taking up residence and we wonder why we face problems and heartaches and troubles and trials, well, when the squeeze comes on, then you know what? It's really bad if you claim to be a believer, if we claim to be children of God, and when the squeeze comes on, when the trials and the troubles come and the heartaches come and the disappointments come, and and people get everything else but God... When you squeeze a Christian, then it should be Christ-like. We should see, they should see Jesus Christ on display. That's what God wants in this life. When these things come our way, we, we're, not, we're not ever promised a bed of roses, but when these things hit us and they come our way, then you know what? It's for God to get the glory. And so when these things happen, they come for a reason. And see, many things come our way, and we don't, we don't understand why these things happen the way they do. We don't understand all these things. But you know what? God is in control, and God, God knows what's going to take place long before we ever, ever get here and, and have to go through these things. And I'm so glad that we have somebody that can lead us all the way and knows the answer, that I can put my confidence in. You know, there's many times we have heartaches and problems. And I was, and I, I was listening to Brother Branham, and, and there are certain things that just stand out to me. And, and you know, you, you listen to things, why things happen. And here in the scripture, and it says, you know, we're not to sorrow as others which have no hope.
1: Right.
0: You know, we're all going to have problems and sorrows and heartaches and disappointments. That's life's grab bag. You know, you just buckle up because they're coming. But the scripture tells us not to sorrow as the others because they have no hope. But brothers and sisters, we have all the hope in the world. We got all the hope that passes all understanding. And uh, I just want to uh, read a few things here. Uh, I, I love this Brother Branham. Um, there's there's a there's a lady that that Brother Branham talks about, and you know when I get on the other side everybody says, Who do you want to meet? And you know, there's people that I, wa- I wanna I want to meet and everybody says, I want to meet Brother Branham and I wanna meet Paul and I wanna meet this person and I wanna meet that person. I tell you some of the people I want to meet I wanna meet I wanna meet that black sister from Memphis yes, that Amen. stopped a plane. Right. That grounded a plane and had and told and she prayed through that she knew the prophet was coming and Brother Branham didn't know where he was going, but she knew who he was. When he come walking down the street praying, singing, then she said, Good morning, Parson, because she said, I've been waiting on you all night long. Because the Lord spoke to me and told me to come stand beside this fence and I've been waiting on you. Now, that's the kind of person I want to meet. I tell people, the per, another person I want to meet in this world, I want to meet Garnet Peak. I tell you what, for a man that's 18 years old to have that kind of effect on the prophet, I tell you what, that's an amazing... I, I tell you what, I would rather have a a testimony to uh, be a, a Christian that had that kind of faith... Had lived that kind of life and only lived to be eighteen years old, than to be a hundred and twenty years old and not have anything in my life and not have anything to show for it. But I'd rather I'd just like just like Brother Branham said, talking about Garnet. See, he came and he lived his life and he lived the part that he and you know he was. You listen to Brother Branham and you tell that, that young man had an effect on him. It touched him when he when he was given his funeral and you listen to that. It's like man, if you're ever a teenager and you ever want to live a life, you listen to what Brother Garnet lived. That's the kind of life you live. That's the kind of testimony that you want to have, that you can reach out, you know, that moves everybody. Because you know what? We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next day. You may not graduate from high school. You may not ever get married. You may not ever do anything. But you know what? You can be a Christian. You can show this world what a real, true life of God is. Amen. And the other, and this, and this is the other sister that I that I, I would love to meet, and that's Sister Bale. And Brother Brown talks about that. He said, "You know, she was a big, sort of a heavy set black lady." And Brother Brown said, "He said, I always loved to hear her coarse amens. And you know, and, and Brother Branham was talking about. She was the sister that Brother Branham talks to, tells the story about that he got the phone call and he thought it was the sister Shepherd had a need, and so they were praying over Sister Shepherd. And then Brother Billy Paul calls him and says, "No, it's not Sister Shepherd. It's Sister Bale. Sister Bale had a need, and said. Well, then he raced to the hospital to find her. And when he got to the hospital, Sister Bale had already passed. And Brother Branham, and and you know, when you hear these things and the, in the You know it it just it stirs me so many times to hear that and you know he goes out there and you know he says you know she had this the gallbladder issue and all the things and he says he said but when we bring it to a full measure he said we have we say this god called for sister bail and that's the way it had to be taken you see now, why was it? Now when when we look at the, all the heartaches and the disappointments and all these things that happened and off, why was it that the message came to brother Branham that it was sister Shepherd and not sister Bale? Why was it that it came that it was her? Why did it go that way? And it, and brother Branham says, "Well, you know, and he was talking about and and when he gives her, when he gives the but he does her funeral in the message expressions. Brother Bram covers that also. And he says, you know, it, it, he thought it was Sister Shepherd. And he said it was Sister Bale. And he said, he said, and to see that, he said, the wise providence and plan of God, before he could ever get there, Sister Bale had done climbed the golden stairs. He said, before I could get there, God had plucked his rose of color to take his bouquet for the millennium. Before I could get there, she was going to meet God, God's expression of his love. Now, many times, see, when we see that in our lives, we don't understand that. But see, when God, but see, if we understand that all things work together for the good, to them that love the Lord. So, if that was the case, then when when God had a plan, we don't see that. We don't understand that. Why? Because here, here's a family. Here's the Bell family sitting in the church, broken hearted at the loss of their mother, and, and you know, and this and this one that had left the tabernacle and had stirred Brother Branham. But you know what? That was God's plan. Right. God had, God had a certain amount of time. Sister Belle was going to be here. She lived her life. She had a testimony. And when she lived her life, it was full, God fulfilled, she fulfilled her plan that God had for her when it was her time to go. But Brother Brown said, see, if I'd have known it was Sister Belle, he said, I would have probably been down there interceding on her behalf. And that wasn't what God wanted. Why? Because it was time for her to go. Now, there were times that Brother Ram said that she had she had this issue. She had been touched. The Lord had healed her and had ministered to her. And he said God had been merciful to her. But you know what? It came her time to leave. Well, if it was time for her to leave, then you know the one thing? When it was time for her to leave, then you know what? She had a place to go to. When this earthly house was dissolved, she had a body not made by hands, eternal in the heavens. She had a place to go to that was eternal rest for her. She, did. she laid down all of the cares and the problems and the worries and everything here, and she stepped into another dimension that was greater that she couldn't even imagine how great it was. And she stepped on into that dimension and how great it was. But see, many times we begin to hold back and we wonder, well, why did God allow this thing to happen? Why did this happen? Why was that? But see, we're not supposed to sorrow, Paul said, not like the others. Why? Because if we understand the plan of God, if we understand that God, then you know what? There's a place for them to go to. So when they step on over and they, you know what? They're better off than we are. Then they have finished their course. They've run their race. Well, praise God. You know what? Then, yeah, we have our heartaches. We have our troubles. We have our pain. That doesn't discount any of that. You know, I've thought so many times that, you know, I I would, you know, there's, there's days, you know, there's days that I wake up and you know what? I think man I would I, what I wouldn't give to see my dad again. Yep. Right. You know like you know if I could just hug my dad one more time. If I could just hold his hand one more time. But you know when that, when you get into situations like that but when you realize you know he's in a better place than I am today. When you when you begin to see where where they're sitting at today, then you know what. Then you know what. If if I want to honor my dad, I can't. I can't do anything else for him. He's gone. But you know the one thing that I can do. When I think when I think about you know because we, you know we live in filial love. That's what it is. I mean we we still have love for our, our family because it's not the you know just normal human love. But, you know, when, when you have the love of God, but you still have love for your parents, you still love them. But they're gone. But, you know, the one thing that I can do to honor my, my dad is I can do what he wanted, what he would want me to do. My, if my dad could lean, lean over the banister of time to this, this evening and speak to me, then he would tell me not to stop. He would tell me, keep going, son. Why? Because it's just a little bit further. But you know what? You keep going. You keep pressing the battle. You don't stop. You're not a quitter. And what? Because that's what God has per- has given to us. has produced in us. Is not to be quitters. Not to be given. Not to be given up. Not to be compromisers. But to be just fight the battle as as hard as we can go. Why? Because it won't be long. I don't believe it'll be long we'll be out of here. Amen. We're going to meet them.
1: They're,
0: They're going to come back in this dimension. You know, he's facing so many heartaches and pains and struggles. And Brother Ramsey says, uh, you know, he said, you can imagine. He said, we fight strains and, and disappointments. And he talks about having all these different Disappointments and and problems, and he talks about. He said, he said, no wonder I'm a neurotic or almost a one. He said, you you got people that they're calling on the phone, and he said they call you all hours of the day and night. And he said they're calling, they're saying, Lord, send Brother Branham because I've got a I've got a, a sick child or or uh, you know a spouse that's dying or whatever. And, and you know, and he said you hang up the phone and another one calls and you and you put that one down. You pick up the phone, here's another one calling. He talked about all the strain and all the pressure. But you know, he said the only thing he said I can do is he said I keep my eyes on Calvary. Amen. He said I keep my eyes on Calvary and I keep moving because he said that's what he would have me do. Amen. And that's all we can do. We we see all these things. We don't understand why things happen the way they do. Why they why they come our way. Why, why it was all these things that we have to face. But you know what? We keep our eyes on Calvary. Amen. Maybe we don't understand these things, but you know what God does. Amen. You know, you just, you just hold on. You just hold on to what God has given you. Right. You know, brother Bram said one time he was talking about these people and you know, you, you see these people and they, and they hold on, they have faith. They take God at his word. And he said, there was a, there was a lady, she had a sick child and she kept holding on to God for, for, for healing and he said, he said, after all the time that she put in to believing and trusting God for a healing and believing, he said, she, the, the child ended up passing away. And in the midst of all that, he said, all that went around the country and everybody, all they could do is condemn divine healing because that child died. And Brother Bradham said, in the midst of the time of that child dying because that woman had, te- had faith, she was holding on believing for a miracle to take place in that child and it didn't ever come for her. But he said in the midst of that, he said the doctors have lost tens of thousands of, of cases, but he said, he said they would dare you to stand up and call medical science fanaticism. Why? Because Brother Branham said he said if I if I paid if I prayed for a hundred people tonight and every one of them died, he said I'd pray for a hundred more tomorrow night. Right. Why? Because that doesn't change the word of God. Because He's a healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if He's ever healed one person, He can still do it tonight. But let me tell you, you can't override the sovereignty of God. Right. But you know what? We still preach that God is the healer. We don't know when to Just like you preach the message of salvation. You speak to people and you preach the word of God to them. Whether, whether they reach it, they accept it or not, that's not our job. Right. And just like when, when we pray over the sick, we don't know what's going to take place. But you know what? We st- I'm going to hold on and I'm going to have my faith until it comes to pass. Right. Well, you know what, have, what happens when you come to a time in your life when there's everything goes wrong. When the, when the when the things don't go the, the way that you want them to go, what what do we do then? When Brother Branham he was speaking of, of Job, and you know Job was out there and. Here's a, here's a man, a, a great testimony, had, as a great man of God, lived, lived a life. And lived such a life that when Satan come to God and was speaking to him about walking through in the earth and seeing all these things that God pointed Job out and said, Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in the earth. Well, you know what? If that was me, I'd say, I'll pass on that, brother. But you know what? God had confidence in Job. Job didn't know what was going to take place. Job had no understanding of that. But you know what? God had confidence in Job. And when Satan come to Job, he says, well, you know, you got that hedge around him. You know, he's like your little pet over there. Look at the way you treat him. But he was like, let me get my fingers on him. I want to get a hold of him. Hey, let me touch him for a while. I promise you he'll catch you to your face. He'll curse you. And God had enough confidence in Job. He turned around and said, have at him. There you go. Lay your hands on him. But you can't take his life. In the midst of Look at Job. He's out there offering the sacrifices. Perhaps one of my children have sinned. And I'm offering a sacrifice to God for my children. Right. Holding the token up for his children yeah, right. every day. Mm-hmm. Many times we have, we have situations we don't understand. Especially amongst our children. Yeah. Right. Like somebody said, parroting ain't for the weak of heart. You know, you got to be you got to be tough because let me tell you that it don't all it ain't anywhere of any bed of roses. There's a lot of issues and a lot of problems, but you know what? God is faithful. Here's here's Job standing in the midst of all this, and all of a sudden, all everything that Job had, all of his great possessions, all of his animals are dead, all of his children are dead. Everything is gone. Everything's destroyed. He's got bulls all over him. But you know what? He didn't understand what was going on. But the one thing about Job, he didn't he didn't charge God foolishly. He didn't he didn't he didn't understand. But you know what? He still had faith in God. He didn't understand the the situation he was in, why everything had befallen him. But you know what? He still had faith in God. And in the midst of all of that, there he is, as Brother Ram said, he was out there scratching those bulls off with a piece of glass sitting on an ash heap. But you know what? He didn't worry about that because he still knew inside of his heart, he's thinking, I'm still right with God. I've still done, and God knows the integrity of my heart, but I don't understand this. And Brother Branham says, this is, this is from the message. I know this is number one. Brother Branham says, and he said, now we come to those places. We all come. And I believe today that we are gathered here for something like that same purpose. We are all on the ash heaps. We have our troubles, our ups and downs, and our bad moments, and our sicknesses and our heartaches, and our disappointments. So we come like this of a morning, this Easter morning, to find words of comfort like Job was trying to find from his friends. None of them could give him any consolation because of his trouble. They were accusing him of being a secret sinner. Then in the midst of all that trouble, God came to his rescue. So we understand that when God came, when, when he went through all of these things and to understand all the issues and the problems that that Job had to face and all the things that he was going through and and all of this. And you you see how everything had went. But, you know, he didn't charge God foolishly, but, but he kept holding on to the one thing that he knew. God was real and God was true. And he didn't understand it. But you know what? It never lost his faith in God to the position that he came to. And uh, you know when all when all of his the physicians of no value showed up, and you know his friends come to console him, and you know then all they all they could do was accuse him, and and then even his wife said, you know why don't you just curse God and die? And all the situations that he had went through, all the problems, but you know he never he never re- you know he never changed that he had faith in God. He never lost that confidence in God. He never lost who God was. Brother Bram says, he says, he said, why, do we, why do we come to these troubles? He said, what makes these come? He said, why should a Christian ever be perplexed? Why wouldn't not everything just run perfect for a Christian? He said, but it doesn't, and we know it. So why don't why we have all these issues and things? Why? Because that's part of who we are. He said, he said and sometimes having, we have more troubles than we, when we become a Christian than we did when we were sinners. He said, because, uh, you know, the scripture says many of the afflictions are the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. So we, and he said, he said, God promised many afflictions, strange feelings and strange things that we would be beyond, that would be beyond our understanding, but it's always done for our good. Just can't understand it because if we did, then we would not be a faith to, it would not be a faith to us because we would go with an understanding but we do it, and we have it, and we believe by faith his word, and that it's going to work some good thing for us. If we could grasp that today, on this morning, if we could grasp that, that all of our troubles, that there's none of us immune from them, but if we could realize that those things are for our good. That we understand how all these things are written, they all become for our good. We don't understand them. All these strange things happen. How everything turns out, we don't. We can't under, You know, there's no way of trying to put your finger on understand it by logic. It doesn't make sense. But the great thing is, is God says that your thoughts are not my thoughts, and my my ways are not your ways, and my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so when it comes to all those things, and guess what, we we don't we can't figure those things out. But the good thing is that we can take it by faith, that we can trust him by faith. How all these trials and tribulations, they come, they're they're more precious than gold. How all these things come, we don't understand why these things happen the way they do. But you know, Brother Branham said, when when you you become God's property, When you become a child of God, and he said, he said, through, he said, through our confession, through in him, he said, then all of a sudden it brings these things to come. And and we have these, we have these trials and all these problems come our way, but we realize that we don't, sometimes we don't realize that is the promise of God. We have the promises of God in our lives but we don't realize it as being a promise of God. We just see it as problems. You know, brother Branham said one time, he said, you know, he said, we pray for priests and comfort. We go to God and we're wanting peace and comfort. And you know what we get? We get trials and tribulations, not realizing that is the peace and comfort that we get. We don't see it that way, but that's what God has for us. He said, he said that every trial that comes our way, he said, is, is put upon us, he said, to perfect us for his glory. He said it's to bring us to a place where God can make himself more real to us than we was before the trial come. He said, I want, I want to join in this morning with Job to say, he said, I've lived long enough to know that's the truth. I've seen it in my own life that every time great, a great situation rises that I can't get around it or under it or over it, God makes a way and comes out glorious. He said, I just wonder how his grace ever does it, but he does it. And remember, in all these things, Satan tries to make us nervous and upset us to get us to think, oh, why did this happen? Why couldn't I have been like this? But see, if we get to looking at our situations and not looking at the promises of God, then we're not looking at what God wants us to look right, at. Man, man. Right. Then we're not putting our... Because, you know, all, all Job could look at was all those bulls and that ash heap and all the different things that he was facing. But, you know, there was something that he want, God wanted him to see who he was. And God was working in his life. And he said, if we could only see these great things. And he said, said, brother, he said, these crucial times in our life. He said, said, they press us on to the sacred sands. It brings us to the place where we're on the backside of the desert. When we don't understand the plan of God, but what brings us to that place? Because God is working in our lives. When we go through these things, and, and you see how all this is just all." You go through. You look at the life of Moses and and all the things that he was that he had to go through and he had to face and all the all the issues. You know when you, when you see a man that was that was so great and you know was raised in the, in Pharaoh's home and great learning and, and great understanding was so elevated in in Egypt. Everybody honored it, you know his position. He had he had he had the whole world at his fingertips. He had, he had control of the whole world. But you know what? God brought him to that place for 40 years to beat it out of him. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, you you see, why why did that take place? Why? Because it made Moses who he was. Yeah, right. It molded the character in Moses. Right. It molded him to the person that he needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. When, he was, when he was a, a young man... No doubt, Charlton Heston, muscular, great-looking guy, come in there. And I know the Word. The Word says that I'm I'm the deliverer because, you know what, I've been taught this. I have, the, I have the theology. It'll work. But you know what? It wasn't God's time. But he had the theology right. That's what the Word says. And all he ended up with a bunch of angry, Jews, a bunch of angry Israelites down there, the children of Israel, everybody's all upset, wanting to fight each other, and he had a dead Egyptian. Right. And all he done was just stirred the stirred them up. Right. Right. But you know, hey, this is this is the plan of God. This is the right time. No, it's not. Right. Yep. Right. And then when he ran he spent 40 years on the backside of the desert from being in great palaces and having the greatest things that are all in the world to following stinky animals around in the desert and having nothing. But when he got to the place that he had nothing, then you know what? God could use him. He went through all of that, all the struggle, all the praying, all the problems. And when he got to the place and he realized, you know, he was still the deliverer. He'd been the deliverer the whole time. The word of God never changed in his life. But he entered a new season in his life. And when he got when he got on the backside of the desert and there was a burning bush experience for him, when he came to that burning bush experience, you know, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. Well, God, you know what? I'm not, I can't talk. You know, I, you know, I just not good. I just no, it's not me. But all, after all of that, it brought him to the place that God wanted to use him. And when he got to that place, then God wanted to use him. And he said, "Listen, I've got you. You you go, and I'll be with you." And he gave him, he gave him the signs, and told him, "said You go, and you show these to Pharaoh." And he said, you can't talk. That's all right. You got a brother. We'll send him. His name's Aaron. And if you've met any Aaron's, they know how to talk Amen. and talk and talk and talk. So that wasn't, a, that wasn't a problem. But when he went, he went, Brother Ram said, he went on a donkey, a little mule with a wife and a little kid. And they asked him, said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to take over. I'm going down to take over Egypt, the greatest army in the world, the greatest civilization in the world, a ball-headed prophet with a stick. And he was going down there to take over. He's like, well, you don't look like much. Well, that's all right because I'm going to be the biggest pain y'all have ever had. I'm going to be the biggest heartache y'all have ever had. And he went down there, and he didn't have to worry about, you know, what Pharaoh was going to do. Pharaoh couldn't touch him. He went right in there, and he told, told listen, I come to see Pharaoh. I got a word from the Lord from him. And he went in. He's like, hey, I got these two signs. I got a, I got a rod. I can turn into a snake. I can make my hand leprous. And you know When a lot of people, when they would have went into that situation, it's like, "Hey, I got this stick," and they drop the rod, and all of a sudden it becomes a snake. Well, you know what? The Egyptian magicians could do the same thing. But you know what? It didn't shake him. It didn't. He wasn't nervous. He wasn't concerned about any of that. Why? Because he knew what his commission was. When those things came his way, it didn't change him. And so when he went in, he and he began to speak, and he said, "Well, listen." I've got word that we're going out, whether you like it or not. We can do it the easy way or the hard way. But God told Moses, he said, I have hardened Pharaoh's heart. And they're not let, he's not going to let y'all go. But that's okay. We don't worry about that. Because we're going to show the people of Egypt who the real true God is. Because every one of their deities and all of the situations that they controlled, the Nile God couldn't change the water back. Right. Nope. It became blood. There right. wasn't them changing it back to water. Couldn't stop the fleas, the flies, nope. the frogs, right. the hail, the darkness. Right. Hey, when he come up there and told them, it's coming, yep. Yep. then what'd he do? Moses turned around and went back to Goshen. He had a place to go to. And when all all those things went through, the death of the firstborn, it led right up to the time it was time for them to go. But it was amazing. Here's all these people in Egypt that, well, I got no confidence in this crazy man. But after they see all these things, even the children of Israel who were promised a deliverer, that they were going to come out of a strange land. They had a land to go to. And here's this man comes on the scene and begins to show the miracles that's taken place. And yet they couldn't have faith to believe that they could get to where they were supposed to be going. That when it was written, that this is, what we're going, this is where we're going, this is what we're going to do. I've got a land flowing with milk and honey. And this is where we're going. We're going. And it's like... But they couldn't get out of their own way to get to the land. But see, all these things come. Brother Bram says, this is from the, the message I know. He says, he said, and why does God let troubles come? He said, God harnesses troubles, puts bits in its mouth and makes it obey him. And those troubles bring us into a closer fellowship with God. He said, there had been no rainbow until the flood came. But after Noah was pressed into the, that condition that he was in to float 40 days and nights in a storm, the little ark pitching up and down in the water, it was after the flood was over with that he saw the rainbow for its first time. The covenant of hope, the covenant of promise. After he had been through the tribulation, then he saw the promise. That's the way you see the promise after you've come through the tribulation. Like I've like. That poem or psalm must I be carried home to heaven on a flowery bed of ease, while the others fought to win the prize and sell through bloody seas. He said, "We ask for comfort and peace. God gives us the best He could give us: trials and tribulations. That's better than comfort and peace. Our comforts is just beyond the river. Amen. Right. Amen. See, many times these things come our way, and you know, you you see the the condition. All these things that that happen. There's many people in the scripture that. You know, they, they come into these situations and you, you look at the, um, the, the disciples. After, after hearing all of the scriptures all these years of knowing what God was going to do, they hear all, the, all these things, no doubt hearing the prophets, all the scrolls read so many times, all the things that were going to take place, that the, that the Messiah was coming. You know, the, Peter and John, them the, their dad was telling them about what was going to take place. They said, I may not see this, sons, but listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's a day of coming because the Scripture tells us and we're looking for the Messiah. Yeah, right. Keep your eyes open. Look into the Scripture. Look what the Word says. And there's coming a day this Word's going to be fulfilled.
1: Right.
0: And what a great day it was. When Jesus crossed their paths and began to speak to them, tell them who they were, what their conditions were, and letting them know. All of a sudden, when they began to see who Jesus was, they began to realize this is the fulfillment of Scripture. Amen. We walked into a condition. Wow, look at this! This is so great. And then all of a sudden, here they are. You're going to follow me, and we're going to. You'll be fishers of men. And he began to cause these these young men to come with him, these men to follow him. And he begins to speak to them and tell them what was going to take place. And it was so amazing because their lives were so wrapped up, all they could see was the fishes and the loaves. Uh, Peter, the thing that, that Peter could see was when Jesus cursed the fig tree and the fig tree died. Wow, that's amazing. Look, Lord, the tree that you cursed, it died. It's dried up. He's looking at these amazing things take place. When they're sitting, when he's sitting beside the well and he begins to speak to the woman and he asks her for water and he begins to speak to her and they're behind the trees and the bushes and they're watching Jesus have a, have this conversation with a woman of ill repute. When he begins to speak to her and begin to understand all of a sudden he begins to tell her who she was and her condition. And he begins to speak to them. Man, they're moved by that. It stirs them up. Man, look at this. And then when he begins to explain to them the word, and he gives them the commission to go and cast out and preach the word and cast out devils. And then they come back and they're rejoicing to to Jesus. Tell Lord, look what we can do. We can cast out devils. We're able to preach the gospel. And he said, listen. He said, don't glory in that. Glory that your names are written in heaven. Right. Not, not worry about these things. And how many times did he come and tell them, listen, when they, when they began to show him the temple, and he's there at the temple and he's looking, he said, well, tear this temple down in three days, I'll raise it up again. Yeah. And how many times did he stand there and tell the disciples, listen, he said, the Son of Man is going to fall in the hands of sinful men began to tell them what's going to take place. But all they could see was the miracles, the water being turned into wine, the dead being raised. All the things that that took place in their life, all these great things that was taking place, it was just so amazing. But he began to speak to them and tell them, there's coming a day, I won't be with you always. But he said, I must go away that the comforter will come. Right. Amen. And he said, when the comforter comes, he said, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Right. The spirit will come. And he said, and you will be witnesses. And he begins to tell him all these things that's going to take place. And the scripture says, he pointing them back to the Old Testament prophets, the Old Testament prophecies, and he's telling them before it happens. He said, listen, he said, all of y'all will deny me. Every one of you will deny that you ever knew me, that you ever spent any time with me. Because why? Because I have to die alone. I have to be rejected. But it's promised in the scripture. That is my that is my, this is my lot. That's, that's the prophecy that I'm going to fulfill. But he begins to tell them in all these problems and situations that he's coming, he stands there and tells them, he said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. And he began to express to him, listen, there is a place laid up for you, but you're going to go through hard times. You're going to be um, rejected of all men. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated for my name's sake. He began to speak to them the whole time and expressed to them what was going to take place in their lives. But you know what? He brought Peter aside and he told Peter, he said, listen, he said, do you love me? He said, I want you to know something, Peter. He said, Satan has desired to shift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. And he said, listen, when it comes to the place, you don't understand these things. Even when he was in the upper room and he began to speak to the disciples, y'all don't understand these things. But he said, one of these days you will understand these things. And he said, that's the reason I'm telling you now. I want you to understand these things. And when he began to express all these things to Peter, and he tells Peter, listen, when you go through these things, I've prayed for you. Right. Yep. Feed my sheep, Amen. feed my lambs. Yep. He's trying to point Peter. Listen, there's a job for you to do. There's a commission for you to fulfill. Amen. You may you may not understand it, Peter, but I want you to understand. What a wonderful God that Jesus could stand there and speak to him and tell him all these things. When they went through all of these things, and you know, maybe maybe it was a little bit of a shock to them even after Jesus had been preaching to them and explaining all these things. But here they are going up into the upper room to have the Passover. And he begins to speak to them and realizing I don't have much time left. But he said, I want to share this with you. And he wanted to show the sacredness of breaking bread and the wine. And he wanted wanted to have this communion with them. Not just bread and wine, but he wanted to show his heart to them. And he began to speak to them. He began to tell these things. Listen, this is what's going to take place. But you'll understand these things not long from now. You know, and then he goes out into the garden and he begins to pray. And, you know, and, you know, and all these things and here and in the midst of, of praying. And, you know, when the when the Lord begins to to deal with him and and you know, the spirit leaves him and, and all those things and he's there and all of a sudden here comes the Pharisees and Judas and and the rest of them come to get him. Then all of a sudden. All of a sudden, it's like a light switch flipped on, and you know what? The, you know, all of a sudden, then it got real. It got real for them boys after they had heard after they had heard Jesus speak about all this stuff. And all of a sudden, here's Jesus like, "Why are y'all coming at night with with all these weapons and everything?" He said, "Didn't I preach in the synagogue every day? Didn't y'all see me all the time? Why are y'all acting like this now?" But, you know, all of a sudden, everybody, when all they come to get Jesus, you know what? It was a foot race to see who could get out of Dodge first. When he just told them that was going to take place. And then all the rest of them, here they are sitting around holding their heads trying to think. And, you know, they're trying to sneak around. Peter and them trying to sneak around trying to figure out where Jesus is and what's going on. When, uh, in the midst of all that, and Jesus told him, said, listen, you're going to deny me thrice before the cr- crows. Yeah. And in, uh, in the midst of all that, here, here they are. And they come to Peter, and if, he was with that man. He's one of his disciples. I ain't got no idea who you're talking about. You're out of your mind. I got, I got no recollection of this man. Well, let me tell you something. Your speech gives you away. By your speech, we know you're Galilean. We know who you are. I don't know. I don't know him. But went through all of that. Went went through before Pilate all the things that Jesus went through. Here they are standing back, looking, trying to see what's going on. Can you imagine being in the crowd? Your Lord, when you've ate with him, you've slept with him, you've seen him walk on the water, he allowed you to walk on the water, he gave you the word to speak, and you walked on the water, and you're standing there, and you're looking at your lovely Lord Jesus, and they strip him, and they beat him till he's almost dead? till they beat him till he's almost unrecognizable as a human? And then they march him up up Calvary, up Mount Golgotha to nail him to a cross. And you're standing there and looking at that. And you wonder, what in the world is going on? And here he is hanging there. And here he is hanging on the cross and he's struggling to breathe. and he's, And he's barely hanging on. And all of a sudden, then he begins to scream out. And then all of a sudden, when he screams, and then nobody understands what he's talking about, he's like, "Is he calling for Elijah?" But Joe, you know, then he dies, and then all of a sudden, all our hope is gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got no hope at all. He just died. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's our Messiah. He's our King. Everything's gone. Brother Rome said even creation testified that he was dead. And here they are out. What are we going to do now? not not listening to what Jesus had told them was going to take place but they just look in the situation and how hopeless it is and how and how they they I mean they have no they have no concept of what to do they've long, I mean it's just you know their minds spinning and they, what, what what are we going to do and here they are in the midst of all I don't know I don't know and here they are standing there dumb from all the things that they've seen Where can we put our confidence? Where can we put our hope? There's no place. But Peter says, he tells the other disciples, he said, I'm going fishing. He said, I'm going to go back to what I know. I got to get away from the crowds and everybody out. I got to get out on the water. And some of the others, well, we're going with you. And after all the things that they went through, and all the things that they had suffered, all these things, here they are going through all this. Here we are all, trying, to, trying to make sense of all this. But when Jesus raises from the dead and he begins to speak to the women and he tells them, he said, you tell Peter and the disciples to meet me in Galilee. Right, right. When he begins to speak to them and tell them, he didn't leave Peter out. He know Peter was brokenhearted, but he told him to say specifically, you call Peter. You let Peter know. And when he began, then when they began to all see all these things take place. And, you know, you know, this, this great joy comes over. Hey, the Lord's risen. You remember when he told us that he was going to raise? Well, he did. He's alive. We've seen him. And you know what? It was almost too good to be true. They almost couldn't believe that it was going to take place. After he told them and told them and told them. But all of a sudden now they're trying to get their mind around the fact that he's risen. He's rose from the dead. Why? Because he's done what he said he would do. And then he begins to make himself known to all of them. And Brother Branham tells us, he said, see, before there can be a resurrection, he said, there's got to be a crucifixion. Right. And brothers and sisters, he said, there's got to be a crucifixion in our life before there's a resurrection. Amen. Amen. And so when, when he rose and he began to speak to him, he said, listen, now, after you've seen all these things take place, he said, now I'm telling you what the rest of it's going to be. He began to encourage them, listen. I'm going, to, I'm going to ascend, but the Spirit's going to descend. Right, right. And he began to tell them what was going to take place. Yep. He said, Terry, in Jerusalem, right. there's a place for you to be. You be there, he said, and stay there. Right, right. Terry, don't go. Don't, don't do anything. You stay there Amen. until you're endued with a power from on high. So there was a time for them to be there for those things to take place. And when all these things have taken place, then when they get to the place that they see the Lord ascend and they go and wait, then you know what? It wasn't, wasn't, you know, one day or two days. Are they trying to figure out, well, have we got it yet? Have we got it yet? He said, you're going to know. When you've been endued with this power, right. when this takes place, yeah. right. and they go through all, all all those days waiting until that rushing mighty wind comes, and it and it touches them and it fills them, Amen. and instead of being scaredy scaredy cats and and worried about things and you know so. So confused and and, and so messed up about things and not understanding, you know, what's going to take place. But when he came, when the Holy Ghost came to them and he began to quicken the word to them, then they realized who they were. They realized because they began to recognize what Jesus had told them. There was the fact Then all of a sudden, then they become drunk men, like drunk men walking out the door, staggering out the door. It's like, why we got a bunch of drunk people up here. And what was it? Peter began to preach to them, and the 11 began to preach. What was it? This is, they're not drunk like you're supposed. But, what do you, but it, this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. This is the fulfillment of the word. And they began to preach to them and tell them who Jesus was and what Jesus came to do. And they began to preach to them. And, it, and the Holy Ghost was so real to them that they began to hear that message in their own language.
1: Right.
0: How how we hear every man in our own tongue. We, we're hearing these great things of God that's taken place. Wow, what what, what amazing thing. And all of a sudden, as, as many of these people that believed, when they, what they heard, they were baptized. They believed, and the Holy Ghost fell upon them. Right. And we see all these things that have taken place. But you know what? It was, it was the move of God. And so, you know, many times we, we see things that happen in our lives and we wonder why things go the way they go. We wonder why things happen the way they happen. But you know what? There's a time and a place for everything. We don't understand. Things may look the, the worst that they've ever looked. You may not understand anything that you're going through. You may be on an ash heap just like Job and trying to figure out what's taking place and why things are going that way. But you know what? There was a man that came to Job and began. Elihu began to speak to him and tell him the word and began to preach the word to him and show him. And then the Lord came and spoke to Job and began to speak to him. Brother Brown said he had a revelation of the resurrection. He saw those things and he said, he said, I know in the last days, he said, he said, I'll see him with my own eyes. He said, I know my redeemer liveth when all the things that he had been through, all the problems and all the confusion and all the disappointments that he had went through. When God began to speak to Job and he began to understand, he began to reveal the word to him. He said he had, Job had to, had to receive a divine revelation. And that's what it takes. We have to have a divine revelation. And when you receive that revelation, then God begins to express to you, tell you the things that, why things are the way they are. You know, we, we want to do things the, the way we want to do them. We want things to work out the way that, that we want them to work out. But that's not God's plan. Many times, you know, we, we may suffer and, and, you know, if we have loved ones that, you know, we won't see healed or, or different things that happen in their lives. And those things don't happen. But, you know, all things work together for the good. Whatever, whatever the situation is, it may, it may not be what we want it to be, but you know what? If God has it in control... It'll work out for his honor and glory. And it'll, Brother Bram said, it'll be for our benefit. It'll be for us. Many times we don't understand that. But Brother Bram says, you know, one thing when these trials and tribulations and problems, Brother Bram said, the ash heap don't last forever. Thank God the ash heap doesn't last forever. Why? Because there's a time coming. We may not understand all these things but we know that there's a time that it's all going to work out. Right. Right. And we don't understand but God tells us just to be faithful. Yeah, just be faithful to what God has called. We you may not understand but just be faithful. Right. And all these things will work out right. in time. Brother Bram said, he said all made possible to us because there was one obedient in trial. There was one who stood the test. That was Jesus. The one who was so obedient to the father, to the father raised him up on Easter morning because it was not possible that he should be holding of death. He said, for I will not suffer my holy one to see corruption. Neither will I leave his soul in hell for he was found faithful, always doing that, which pleased the father. He said, may we ever be faithful at the post of duty. No matter what our trials is and our troubles, whatever, may we be able to say always, I know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. Grant it, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you this evening. Let's all stand. We'll have the musicians come. Amen. And he can say, my Redeemer lives. Amen. No matter what the circumstance or the trial, the problems, he lives, he reigns. It's all in his control. Amen. God bless you.
1: Amen. Well, Jesus can satisfy you. Amen. 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 He flat. Amen. The world may try, try to satisfy, satisfy that, that
2: longing in your soul You may
1: search soul. the whole world over, But you'll be just as, as before. before You'll never, you'll never find, find true satisfaction
0: So they uh, they've been digging in the family tree, and you know we we found out we're related to some pretty famous people, and uh, just just tell you that according to according to the family tree, when you follow it back, we're actually related to Brother Branham, and so you you, you think, man, that's amazing! That's, all these all these people's what wow. But you know what? One, day, one of these days, if you've not ever experienced it, when you become a child of God, and you realize that you've come from the foundation of the world, he was, a, he was a part of God, he was in the mind of God. You know, all these great celebrities and all these people, these famous people, and I tell you what, Nothing trumps being a child of God. Realizing, hey, I'm, I'm the seed, a gene seed of God that's come. Man, I tell you what, you have like Brother Luis says all the time, Brother Ram said 10,000 worlds. If you had 10,000 worlds, it wouldn't mean the same. What a wonderful thing. That God makes a way for us. God's mercy and grace. And not only did He save us and fill us, but He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the end of the world. Whether we go into rapture, we go by the grave, guess what? He leads us the whole way. There's a way made. And all we got to do is trust Him. It's so wonderful. All things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. Amen. God bless you this evening. Are the ways you have any anything? All righty. Well, God bless you this evening, and uh, looking forward to this this Sunday. And uh, remember, we've got Esther and Micah's celebration. A little shower for them pray for each one. I know there's many that have have needs and I think of the ones that are sick and afflicted, the ones that are watching in that are not able to be with us. Just continue to hold them up. God's good. He's good all the time. It's so wonderful. Even when you, we don't see it. Just like Daniel praying 21 days. When Gabriel came to him and said, listen, your prayer was heard the first time you prayed. He's 21 days, but he said, you know, we were on our way to get to you. It's amazing. You're a child of God. You're never forsaken. Even when you do wrong, you're not forsaken. God knows how to come your way and correct you. As Brother Dale's always said, what a, what a wonderful God we have. He guides and corrects they nail-scarred hands. Amen. Well, God bless you tonight. Let's just all bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening, Lord. Lord, we're just so thankful, Lord, that we're able to gather, Lord, and feel your presence, Lord, together with brothers and sisters, Lord, to gather around your word, Lord. Lord, we're just so thankful, Lord, that, Lord, all the bitter trials and heartaches and things we go through in this world, Lord. Lord, they're just they're just a moment here. But, Lord, what a great thing it's going to be on the other side. Lord, we're waiting on, on that great day, Lord. We know it won't be much longer. And I just pray, Lord, as as the people go, Lord, I just pray that you'll be with them. Watch over and keep them, Lord. Father, the ones that have been watching in, Lord, the ones that will be listening in later, Lord, I just pray that you'll be with them. Touch them wherever they are. Whatever their situations may be, Lord. Father, we know that you'll just have your hand upon them. Bless them. Minister whatever the situations are. Father, just let us be mindful that you're always with us. Lord, let us be faithful in everything that we are called to do. And Lord, just prepare us Lord, for the week and then for Sunday, Lord, as we come. Lord, bless Brother Wade as he comes to bring the Word, Lord. And Father, let us just be receptive to what, what you have for us. Lord, we commit all things to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.
1: Help you then to come to Jesus for